Hey, Pie Tribe, buckle up for a new episode of the Passive Income Examiner, the number one podcast for budding entrepreneurs and business owners looking to diversify their income with passive strategies. Welcome to season two, focused on building successful online businesses with evergreen marketing solutions. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. Thanks for joining me. Howdy, welcome back, Pie Tribe. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland small business strategist focusing on helping service-based business owners develop passive revenue streams so you can unplug from your business without taking a hit to your bottom line. We are in a five-part mini-series discussing five reasons why your product or service may not be selling to the extent that you want it to, or if maybe not at all, maybe you just launched it and you're having uh, some difficulty getting it off the ground. This mini-series is designed to help you Take a look strategically and work your way through these um, five pillars to really pinpoint exactly what, where the problem lies and so you can fix it. All right. So just a quick recap, because today we're talking about less uh, reason number four. So reason number one was messaging. And it's interesting because, um, by the way, it was season two episode two, if you want to go back and listen to that in more detail on messaging. But one thing I talked about was how business owners often are, we mess up the messaging because we're too close to our business. You know, we think of it in terms of what we're used to and looking at it from our perspective based on what we know and what we're good at versus what somebody who has no clue about what we do or about our industry would be thinking, feeling, understanding, you know, that kind of thing. Essentially, everybody's reading our content, listening, absorbing, whatever, through their lens, right? You're you're listening to my podcast through your lens, which is comprised of your own understanding thus far. So as I'm educating you, it's in my best interest to remember that, you know, some people are more advanced than others in their understanding. So when I use terminology, uh, it's important to take a moment to define it, you know, things like that. That's kind of the gist of what I'm talking about. And recently I became a very good example of this. So I'm going to share that with you here, a little vulnerable moment, um, because I think it really highlights exactly what I'm talking about. It's also proof that everybody goes through this. You know, I loved how recently my business strategist, uh, she shared something about how she's growing in her business and how she's feeling like she's stepping out of her comfort zone. And of course, I'm here watching her thinking, are you kidding me? You're doing great. You're this, that, and the other. And I'm just loving everything she says. She seems like she has all of her stuff together. So it doesn't matter, friends, where we are in the process. There's always levels. But when it comes to selling our products or services, there are these five pillars and messaging is so important. Often we get stuck on the offer. If things don't sell, we go back and say, oh, well, the offer needs to be better. We need to maybe discount it. Maybe the price is wrong. Maybe this isn't even what people want. And we start switching gears way too soon. What we really need to do is pull back, leave the offer alone, and look at messaging first. Now, this is exactly what I did with a course I recently launched. I was so excited. I put this course together Before I even created the landing page and took it to market, I tested it with a select audience, a focus group, which I highly recommend you do. I got great feedback. This is great. Do it as is, right? Then I went in and I created my landing page, which probably was my first mistake because 
every copywriter will tell you, we are great at writing copy for everybody else, but for whatever reason, when it comes to our own stuff, we're just dumb as a box of rocks. And that's basically, I, I pulled it together. I thought, okay, that's good. But what I did, I did one thing even more than that. I Rather than just writing copy, I even created a really awesome personal video to explain my reasoning behind the course, how it will help them, the transformation, like all the things that I know to say I did in this video. And I thought this was pretty good. So then I went and took it to market and I hired a VA to go out and, you know, connect with people on LinkedIn and drive traffic to this product. And a couple weeks in, it really wasn't getting any conversions. And I'm like, okay, something is amiss. So I went back to the drawing board. And the first thing I looked at was messaging Thank you to my friend, Cody, shout out to my friend, Cody, because I, um, she was a part of my focus group, but she was a little late to the party. (laughs) In other words, I had already gotten feedback from a bunch of people and kind of went to market. Then she went and looked at it and she said, Hey, I just wanted to let you know. And by the way, this is a moment of humble pie for any of you who've ever been in this position. She said, I love it. I'm excited about it. But to be honest with you, just looking at your landing page, if I hadn't talked to you about what it was about, I'd still be confused about what exactly I'm buying. (gasps) Wow. Talk about a truth bomb, right? But I would much rather get that now than later. And I'd much rather just get it. Like I, I specifically invited people to get, watch it, give me the feedback for this very reason. So I took my advice, I went out and hired a copywriter and I'm revamping the landing page as we speak. So the first thing I'm doing with this is I'm testing this in the marketplace. And when it didn't work out, rather than changing the offer, I'm changing the messaging around the offer. So that's strategy number one, check your messaging when it's not working. Strategy number two, the second thing is visibility. Are you visible? Are you getting out in front of the right people? So after I tweak the messaging, that's going to be my next thing. I'm going to keep working with my LinkedIn strategy. But if it doesn't come to pass or I'm not seeing a big uptick here, then what's my next strategy? I need to be more visible. I need to share it in maybe some Facebook groups or whatnot. Just get it going in other places and get more visible. That would be number two. I already have a plan, but I'm just launching it slowly because again, I'm testing that messaging. You know, this is something I, I recently bought a book and I want to give a shout out here to Brendan Kane. His book is how he got 1 million followers on social media within 30 days. Amazing book, by the way, and I'm super excited. He's going to be coming on the podcast, you guys. I'm stoked. Um, So <laughs> just I'm like super pumped. I don't know what to say. I'm like really excited. Anyway, um, while I'm reading his book, one of the things that he talked about was about testing your message in the marketplace and, you know, doing it just once isn't realistic. And he has an agency. He's done this for lots of people, celebrities, big brands. The guy is an expert in this. And he even says he has a whole team dedicated just to coming up with hooks and and just to coming up with ideas on how to get audiences to share content, to be engaged, right? That is his whole focus of his team. And they don't just try it once, they try multiple places, multiple different things. Then they go through what works and they perfect the messaging. And guys, this is what I'm talking about. I've been reading this since I I did that podcast episode. And so I'm adding value here to you now. It's okay to test. It's okay for things not to work out the first time. 
you know, but go through the process back to the beginning and walk this path. Messaging first, then visibility. This episode is brought to you by Kajabi, the platform with a full suite of world-class online business tools working seamlessly together. I've been using Kajabi now for nearly a year, and I'm absolutely in love with this program. Prior to Kajabi, I was experimenting with other platforms, and so many of them were not user-friendly. They were difficult to get online pages to sync up with the cart or getting opt-ins and emails to be easily set up. I was beginning to dread the time it was going to take to set up a simple landing page. Honestly, I can say that since working with Kajabi, I have been extremely happy. I can't imagine leaving for any reason at this point, mainly because it saves me so much time and it doesn't give me a headache. Listen, I consider myself pretty tech savvy for the most part, but that doesn't mean that I want to be a tech genius every time I want to put together an offer. Kajabi makes it so simple to create online products and it gives me the tools I need so my marketing is synchronized. I really can't say enough great things about Kajabi. If you click the link in the description, you will get a free 30-day trial with Kajabi on behalf of the Passive Income Examiner. So be sure to check out the description. Now back to the show. Then the next thing is sales. Going back to when we're not selling um, our services or our products the way we think we should, we know our messaging is right. We're getting the leads coming in. We're getting visible. We have an abundance of leads, but our conversions are in the toilet. That's when we know that the problem is our sales. And so uh, it was episode, let's see, six, that season two, episode six, that we went into sales. Um, I talked about some of the biggest problems I've seen in the sales industry, working in the car business and just over the years of doing sales and mistakes I'd made even that I learned from and, and skills that I developed through that process to help you close, you know, create better sales, um, higher conversion ratios. So definitely go back and check that out. Okay. That's essentially the recap so far. So messaging, visibility, and sales. Interestingly enough, this little topic I'm telling you about, how I just walked you through the funnel. If you think about it for just a moment, I walked you through the funnel keyword, hint, hint, wink, wink, the funnel of what your client is going through, right? The first thing they're going to see is the messaging. The second is, is the message in the right place? And, and hitting them at the right time. So that's visibility. And third, once they're in your wheelhouse, are you converting, right? So this is the funnel. Then number four that your, your product isn't selling is possibly the funnel. <laughs> that's what we're talking about today. Hence the hint, hint, wink, wink. All right. So what we want to talk about is why the funnel could be a hindrance in your business. The number one reason why your funnel could be a hindrance and keeping you from selling is because you don't have it automated. If your funnel requires too many people or too much of your precious time to convert, then it's not a good funnel. It's essentially just a workflow. There's a difference. A workflow is when, let's say, okay, back to my car business days when I was a service advisor, right? The appointments get scheduled by the appointment setter. The customer comes in, the service advisor writes up the repair order, it goes to the technician. The technician then has to go get the P&L, they have to go to parts, then they put the parts on the ticket, then the service advisor again gets involved, then it goes to the cashier. So there's a short version of the client 
car cycle in the service department. But a flow that isn't automated, where the technician has to walk to the service advisor to tell them what's wrong with the car, where the service advisor has to walk to the shop to find out what's going on, where somebody has to walk over to parts to put in an order for parts. Those are all things that take up time and make the system sluggish, okay? It makes it so the service advisor can't be on the phone with their customers giving updates as quickly as they should. It makes it so they can't be on the service drive ready to greet a new customer that drives on just without an appointment. You get all these little pieces seem so minor when you're in it. You know, I, I understand when we're our, our own business owner, you know, maybe we don't always have the help we need or maybe we do, but we think, oh man, it's just easier if I do it myself. Listen, it's not, it's not easier if you do it yourself. It is maybe feels that way or it sounds like it, but what is easier is automating and putting in systems and processes. And friends, listen to me. If you're a service-based business owner, like let's say you have a social media business or you're a coach or a consultant and part of your funnel is your client, okay? Once they're onboarded, their, their onboarding system, if that is requiring your time, then you need to figure out a way to automate it. This is such an important piece of the pie that I can't even stress it enough. Let me just give you one example of something I see all the time is in the podcasting industry. I see podcasters scheduling their guests by hand, I guess. By hand, I mean that messaging back and forth. What's your time zone? What's your time zone? Can you send me this? Give me your information here. Uh, shoot me an email. Oh, I need this, please. It's a lot of time wasted for them. And I'm sure they're using their podcast to bolster their business. It isn't like they've got all the time in the world. There is a simpler way. Um, this I, is a trick I learned from my coach, my podcasting coach, Steph Gass, who with the Steph Gass, Stephanie Gass show. And um, I created a Google sheet. So now when I have somebody who wants to be a guest on my show, I might have a pre-chat conversation and kind of vet them, right? But then I say, okay, here's the link. I need you to fill this out. And at the bottom is my calendar. So then it gets them right over to my calendar. And then they can schedule the times that I know are available. And then we're done. That's the end of it. All right. So that is such a big, big piece of every bit of what you do, mainly just to, for your own peace of mind <laughs> and your own sanity, right? But also because you don't need to be wasting your time on those little details. You could be spending your time investing in your clients, you know, by giving yourself to them, serving your clients essentially. All right. Now, have you ever gone down somebody else's funnel? Maybe you saw an ad on Facebook or something along those lines that caught your attention. So you started to click in the link and go through this system and all of a sudden it just didn't feel very clear to you what next steps you need to take or what exactly are you doing? Maybe there wasn't enough information along the way. So I really recommend that you audit your funnel and going back to what I was saying earlier, getting a team of people that you know and trust to do the same thing and give you feedback because you're going to miss things. You're going to take things for granted. Um, let them, if you're not hiring an expert to do your funnel for you, if you're working on this yourself, Get this team to go through it and make sure your links are all working. Make sure your copy is making sense. Make sure people know what the next steps are. And a little bonus tip for you, 
see if you can offer upsells along the way. So that's always a nice little way to get some add-ons at cart checkout. So reason number two that your funnel may be the problem is either you don't have one (laughs) or it's not clear what the next steps are or it's broken somehow, right? Those are the things we just talked about, the links and that. It's amazing how often, you know, things change in our business all the time. So this isn't something you just do one time and then you forget about it. Things will change in your business. Website pages change, links change. You need to do this on a regular basis uh, and tweak it and update it constantly. You cannot just set and forget. Um, And by constantly, I guess I mean like at least once every six months, you know, be intentional about going in and making sure or have your assistant go in and make sure because sometimes random things happen where links will stop working or you think it's working and then you discover the link is dead for some reason. Maybe an extra space got in there or something like that. So going through the system, going through your funnel, making sure it is working is vital, right? It could be the very simple reason why your business isn't selling more of what you're trying to offer. Now, the last piece of information I want to talk about when it comes to funnels is filtering too broadly. It's a very common misconception for people to want to cast a wide net. Now, interesting fact, when it comes to Facebook ads, I was listening to, um, I believe it was Michael Stelzner's podcast, The um, Social Media Examiner, where he had an expert on there that was talking about Facebook ads. It used to be the thing to do was to get very targeted and specific with your with your pool, your audience pool. And now Facebook is saying, let them do the work for you. They have bots and you can cast a wide net and then they slowly filter it down to getting more strategic. You know, when you run ads with them longer, they get more um, clear for you about who your audience is and where to put the ad. But when it comes to your funnel, if you're trying to get too broad of an audience to end at the bottom of the funnel, okay, then you're going to be spending a lot of time and energy on clients that are not really ready to buy from you or are not your ideal client. So let me unpack this a little bit. This is what I mean. The purpose of a funnel is to take a client who's really interested in your broad topic. In my case, let's say they're interested in a side hustle or building more revenue for their business. And then bringing it down the trouble tree, bringing it down like the the funnel, so to speak, the next step would be weeding out people who are not ready to invest in themselves, the DIYers, right? Maybe there are people who would rather try it out themselves. They don't want to pay for my one-on-one services. Maybe the next step would be to weed out people. And by the way, when I weed them out, I'm not just leaving them alone. That's where I'm going to offer a passive product that caters to them. Okay. But if you're funneling your traffic to the point where when you meet with them and invest your time, you still have to filter out whether or not they, you're an ideal person for them, then your funnel isn't working for you. The goal of your funnel really should be for the, the people who are submitting a lead, they're qualified. So they, you know, they can afford you or at least have a pretty good idea that they could afford you. You know that they want what you're offering. You know that they are ready 
right? They're not just, this isn't something they're looking at for years down the road. They really are ready now to make a buying decision. So you want to get them to that point. You want to weed out the looky-loos and the tire kickers and the people who are the DIYers and funnel them down to where essentially you are spending your time with the hottest prospects. Here's one of the biggest reasons why this is important. This is how you might know this is part of your, your personal funnel problem is if you're getting too many leads and you're not able to keep up with them all. That could mean that your messaging is great, your visibility is great, but you're getting these leads, you can't keep up with them all. And more importantly, your conversions are low. If it's not your sales, it could be that you're getting too many um, broad netted customers, I suppose, prospects coming your way and really they should have been filtered out. So that's an important piece of the funnel pie that a lot of people are afraid to do. They're afraid to let the filter filter. <laughs> so don't be afraid to let the filter filter, okay? Just get in there and let it weed out the, the hard work and do the heavy lifting for you. All right, guys. So that basically sums up our message today, which is problems that you may have with your funnel and how to fix them. Well, like I guess I didn't talk too much about that, but the bottom line is to you. go through. Here's how you fix it. Ready? First of all, go through the funnel and see what it says. Get a focus group. Make sure all your links are working. Make sure everything's working. That's easy to do. Second of all, automate. Ask yourself, is there anything I'm doing and spending a lot of time on that I could automate? And then spend some time, put a process in place and get that as many monkeys off your back as you can. And lastly, ask yourself if you're filtering too broadly, can you get more strategic with some of the um, messaging so that you're getting more qualified buyers at the end of your funnel. All right, I am looking forward to this next last number five. I'm gonna give it away right now. The reason that your product isn't selling is the offer. I told you in the beginning that often um, service-based business owners and business owners often tend to focus on the offer as the first point of the problem when really it's the last. So what we're going to dive into is how to make a juicy offer that make people want what you have. I am going to teach you how to pinpoint a profitable passive product for your business. Okay, friends, until next time, bye for now. Hey, friends, if you're still listening, listen, I just want to say thank you so much for being a patron of the Passive Income Examiner and supporting this show. I really appreciate it. If you could take a moment, head over to iTunes and leave a written review. That would be so great. Plus share this episode with two or three other business owners that you know of who could benefit from this message. Thanks again for tuning in until next time.